is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. Say, I will do what it says I can do. Say, I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, say, I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Come on, give God one more big praise today. Amen. We're glad you're here. We're excited about what God's doing. Amen. How many of you were with us on Easter? Amen. Was that awesome or what? Amen. I think we ought to give God one more hand just for the souls he brought to the kingdom that day. Amen. You know what's amazing is God has a plan for your life. Whether you're a believer or a non-believer, it doesn't even matter. God has a plan for your life. Uh, you know, the, the revelation of that thought can literally mess you up. Because you find out that God, He's, He's still moving towards people. His heart's towards people whose heart is not towards Him. Even when you're doing what you know you shouldn't, God's got a plan for your good. For your future. He's doing everything he can. His grace and mercy lovingly nudging you back towards the trail that will cause you to hit the mark. God's got a plan for your life. And we know that. And we, we accept that. We celebrate that. But sometimes we, we are separated in our mind from that. There are things that cause us to stop when we know we should be moving. You know, over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about things that make you stop. Letting go of the stuff that makes you stop. Just putting an end to it. You know, coming to a realization that I, I, need, I need to quit that because that's keeping me from the God life that Jesus came to connect me to. John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, I have come that you might have and enjoy life in abundance to the top till it overflows. Zoe life. You know, I, I got to tell you that uh, my my passion, my heart is to lead people to a place where you, we just walk in incredible victory every single day, where we have the ability to demonstrate Satan's defeat on a daily basis, and our life is a humiliation to hell, because we've been called out of darkness, translated into the marvelous light of His dear Son. We are in Christ, and the grace that God has given us is not just something that covers up our sin, but it's something that empowers us to do what we couldn't do before we were connected to God. It is a it is a infusement of strength that gives you the ability, like Paul said in Philippians in the Amplified, he said, I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who's infusing me with an inner strength. What an attitude, what a what what a revelation. I can handle whatever life brings me through Christ. I'm not defeated. I know only victory. Come on, somebody. I know only victory. How many of you know there are days we go through life like we ain't never met him? Well, we're hurting units, right? What stops us? It's the baggage that we're carrying in life. I got to tell you, there, there are days that, uh, you know, I study God's Word all the time. I'm in the, I'm in the book a lot. But there are days that I, that I get up and I know that what I'm producing ain't Zoe. It's Tom A. Huh? And, you know, King James, there's a verse in there somewhere. It's written in, 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 my, in my King James Bible. Tom A. life sucketh. Okay? And, and, uh, and, and I know better. 
I know better. I know better than to let my mind, you know, think on thoughts that are not God thoughts. And I find myself right in the middle of that thought. What are you doing? And you know what's even worse is that when one of your family members says, do you remember what you taught last week? (laughs) Shelby right now, she's looking off somewhere across the room. (laughs) We know what makes us stop. Sometimes we just get held back. You ever looked at somebody and went, whoa, they have some baggage. I do that every weekend. <laughs> just, just kidding. <laughs> Not really. Uh, over, over the next few weeks, see, here, here's the challenge is that we've been talking about the grace and about this empowerment. And I've been praying, God, you know, help me, Father, find the way to lead people to, to, to step across the threshold. We're so close to stepping into some just insane victory. What is it that's holding back? And God's been speaking to me and, and it has been revealing. There's baggage. You realize that the walk that God's called you to walk, you, you have this awesome invitation, but there are some things that you can't take with you. If you're going to walk with God, there's some things that you're going to have to drop and leave behind. Because that and the presence of God don't mix. You're a good guy. You're a good girl. You're not separated from God in relationship, but you're separated from Zoe. Because of things in your life that that you've allowed to remain. All of us have baggage. Today, we're going to look at the past. Every week, we're going to pull out a new bag and talk about it. But today, we're going to deal with the past. And you know what's crazy about the past? We all have it. We all have it. I know we kind of like to, you know, present a picture that, well, I've been perfect. And then you talk to a family member. (laughs) And you find out, no, we, we all, we, we have all had a past. Some of us, you know, we're under the impression that our past was tougher. You know, our siblings were uglier. Our mother was meaner. But the reality is, is that all of us have experienced brokenness, hurt relationships, failures, defeats, broken pieces lying all around us. Trust has been lost. Betrayal has occurred. We've all been wounded. Matter of fact, let me ask you a question. Raise your hand if you've ever broken a bone. And I don't mean, I'm talking about like one of your own. Not, not, <laughs> you, you've broken one of yours because there's an awful lot of hands. There's a lot of broken, broken people in here. How many have had stitches? Wow. How many have had more than 20 stitches? Wow. How many have had surgery? Whoo. How about major surgery? Wow. Okay, let's make it tougher. How many have had a knife wound? Holy cow. How many have had a, 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 a gunshot, you know, a bullet wound? Whew. You guys, you guys keep an eye on these people. Um, <laughs> help me, Jesus. Uh, what a violent crowd we have here today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we all, oh, some of us more than others, but all of us have a past. You know, uh, we've got scars. How many of you know that some of the scars that we have are old? Old. Wounds that happened 20, 30, 40 years ago. Just the mention of a name, boom, a picture pops up in your mind. You see it. You, you experience it again. The hurt's right there. You can, you can go along really, really well, and then you see me in the mall. 
You remember that hurt. Let's play a game. We gotta lighten. We gotta lighten the mood. Let's play a game. We're gonna play. We're gonna play some audio. And when you think you know what it is, just shout it out. Kind of, you know, picture yourself in groups of three or four. Be a team and, and keep score. Okay. Keeps. It's very important that we always keep score. Um, okay. You ready? Number one. Play. Play one for me. There it is. Cheers. They probably need to be a little louder than that, and I'd like to hear it at my monitor, too, because that's no fair that you get it, and I don't. Okay, number two. Okay, who said that? I love Lucy. <laughs> okay, number three. Number three. Just sit right back. Gilligan's Island. All right, man, you guys are good at this. Four. Who said that? Got it over here. All right. Number five. This one's a little tougher. You watch too much TV. Oh, you cheated. Stop, stop it in just a minute. We, we need to have an altar call right now. Cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. That wounds me. Okay, fine. You're disqualified. Okay, the next one is, is, is kind of tough, too, if you can be quiet long enough for us to get through it. Number, give me number six. Thank you for being a friend. Golden Girls, all right. Uh, this is Steve Steffi's favorite play. I dream of Jeannie. Number eight, easy. Here's a story. Pretty much. Okay, and number nine for our senior saints. Andy Griffin Show. All right, give yourselves a hand. You did good. What? I'm right here. Isn't it amazing? We remember all kinds of stupid stuff. I mean, stupid stuff is right there. Home Improvement! <laughs> you hear a sound? It's right there. Same thing with our past. Hear something, see something, smells, boom, there it is. And a lot of times that past is the thing that's causing you to stop. We've got to learn to let go. Hurts, offenses... We've been bothered, we've been rubbed, and it gets locked into our brain and becomes baggage that we carry. Baggage from our past. There's three things about the baggage from your past that you've got you, you to know, you've got to realize. Number one, your past will always weigh you down. Anger weighs you down. Bitterness weighs you down. Revenge is going to weigh you down. It gets heavy. It, it gets heavy. I, I need a volunteer. Somebody, somebody close. Come on. Come here. Just stand right here. All, this is really easy. All you got to do is with this in your hand and push it straight up. Okay? Ready? Push it up. Straight up. Keep your arm. No, not, not over and over. Just one time. Hold it up. Okay. okay. Right there. Now look at the people so that you get really embarrassed. Okay? Hold your arm up. Now it's not going to take long until this gets kind of 
And in 15 minutes, it's going to become even more heavier. It's going to go from heavy to heavier. Do you think it's going to get heavy? Do you think it's going to get heavier? No. The the fact of the matter is, if we weigh this right now, thank you, give her a hand. You did great. Uh, If we weigh this now and weigh it in 15 minutes, it's the same weight. It, It doesn't get heavier. But it wears you out. And it doesn't take very long. And some of the stuff that you're holding on to is wearing you out. And some of you get a little irritable when you get tired. I don't want to say who you are. We don't think right. We don't choose right. We don't see right. We don't live right. Because we're wore out before we get out of bed. Because we've been holding it all night. Every night. It, it's weighing us down. It gets heavy. The second thing about your baggage from the past is it keeps you from moving forward. It affects your life. I know a lot of us think that that little thing is not affecting us, but it's affecting your life. The enemy wants to rip from your grip your future, your family, and your faith. Your future is not five years from now. It's five minutes from now. God is trying to lead you into this awesome Zoe life, but we can't get there because we have stuff that we can't take there. But because we haven't learned to let it go, we're, we're trying to carry it now. We're weighed down and we can't move forward. We, we can sing it. You know, I'm not going back. I'm moving ahead. And, and I believe that and I want that. But I got to tell you that in order to move ahead, you got to make a choice to leave some things behind. Okay? You've been wounded. We've all been wounded. We, you, well, I was really hurt. We've all been hurt. Listen to this. 93% of teen prostitution, those girls have been abused as a child. 93%. Children from abused homes have a 53% chance more of being more likely to wind up in prison. 63% of all youth suicide occurs in fatherless homes. The point is, is that what happened in your past is going to affect your future. If you leave it undealt with, the past is going to affect your future. Hanging on keeps you from moving forward into the life that God's calling you to. Hanging on to the past causes you to not be able to enjoy the victory that God says is yours. The third thing is holding on to the past results in excessive baggage. We could call it hang-ups. It's just a little hang-up. Think about your hang-ups. Can't trust people. Intimacy issues. The ability to say I love you. Something's happened in the past and it's caused a hang-up. Every hang-up that you have, every hang-up you have, is the result of something in your past. Something occurred and it changed you. It changed the way you see things. It's like when you put on your sunglasses. Looks good, huh? (laughs) Calm down, hon. (laughs) We'll, We'll call these today betrayal. It could be anything. Something happens, though, and it... Shades the way you see everything else. 
Now you go through life and everything's out there, but it just looks a little different. Because you've been betrayed. And now you check everybody out a couple of times. And even when you say, I trust you, you don't. You're going to wait and find out. Because it's, it's a hang up. You, you'd like to call it wisdom. You, you'd like to call it discernment. But I'm here today to tell you, it's, it's a wait. It's something that the enemy has successfully gotten you to attach to your life to keep you from moving to the place that God wants you. See, that's, that's kind of the bad news about the past. Everybody's got some. Nobody can change it. And if you don't deal with it, it's going to weigh you down. It's going to sabotage your future. And it's going to create even more hang-ups. But there's good news about our past. I said there's good news about our past. Jesus helps us with our past. Guys, that's good news. Jesus helps us. Open your Bible, go to John chapter 8, and we're going to just read verses 1 through 11 real quick. John 8, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and he taught them. The scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, check this out. They said to him, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. I got a, I got a question for you. How'd they manage that? Kind of sounds like she was set up. Kind of like the enemy does to us. He sets us up so he can accuse us later. And she was caught in the very act. And they said, Moses, in the law, commanded that someone who does this should be stoned. We should throw rocks at her until she's dead. Now, what do you say? And they were saying this, trying to test him so that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he didn't even hear them. Don't you love Jesus? The accuser comes and he just goes off and does something else. And they continued and they pressed it. And he raised himself up and said to them, he who is without sin, you throw the first stone. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Look what happens. Those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus eventually was left alone there with the woman standing in the midst. And he says to her, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Jesus helps us with our past. I said Jesus helps us with our past. There's three ways Jesus helps that I want to point out this morning. Number one, Jesus settles the score. He settles the score. They're ripping on her. She's caught in the very act. They've set her up. Romans twelve seventeen, check this out. Repay no evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. Go ahead, next. If it's possible, live peaceably with everyone. But look at verse 19. He says it again. 
Don't avenge yourselves, but give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Jesus settles the score. You don't have to pay anybody back. You don't have to get even. Matter of fact, if you get even, you don't win. You're even. I don't want to be even. I want to win. Let him settle the score. Don't, don't carry that on your own. Let, let Jesus take care of it. You know, re- remember when you took the kids shopping? When, the, when they were just getting ready to go to school and you'd go, uh, you know, preschool and, you, and you'd buy, uh, you know, before, not preschool a little bit, be, just before the school year started and you go buy the, the new clothes, the new shoes, the new coat, and you have all of these bags and, and, and you see the moms and dads walking through the mall and they've got nine bags, each of them, the kids are skipping along and they've got a pretzel. You know, because the kid somewhere along the line has turned and looked at their parent and said, will you carry this for me? And every parent knows we're going to do it. One, because we care about the child. And two, because we don't want to have to go back and buy it again. Right? Because, you know, hey, they got it and they're moving on. The fact is, is that you can set that bag down. He'll take care of it. You can drop the past. He will settle the score. A few years ago, in American Idol, remember Mendessa Hurdley? Hudley? Hmm? Mendessa, she was a large black woman. When she took the stage, Simon Cowell and his compassion made this statement. Oh, do we have a bigger stage this year? Remember that? That, that girl was wounded. It was obvious. In front of millions of viewers, she had just been ridiculed by, by the judge. And the, 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 next, the next show, when they came on and she came back to the stage, they were, they were giving Simon a bad time and, and asking him if he was going to ask for forgiveness. And, and she spoke up and she said, he doesn't need to ask me. I've already forgiven him. See, she said, I know the power of forgiveness because Jesus Christ forgave me. And she gave an awesome Christian testimony in front of millions of people. And and we celebrate that, but some of us miss the point. Nobody needs to ask you for forgiveness in order for you to give it. You can give it today. They don't even need to know. I have people call me up all the time. I don't know why this is. They call me up. We laugh about it. They call me up and they say, I need to ask you for forgiveness. All the time. And I say, okay, you got it. And they'll say, well, you want to know what for? I say, no. (laughs) Well, why don't you want to know what for? Because if I know what it's for, I might not be able to forgive you. (laughs) So let's just leave it at that, okay? I'm good. You good? You don't need to ask. You don't need somebody to send you an engraved invitation for you to get free. Jesus can settle the score today. You don't have to walk out with the weight of that in your life anymore. You can be free today. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to me now. Number two, Jesus soothes the wounds. Jesus soothes the wounds. Look at John 8.10 again. John 8.10. I, I just, I, I love the fact that Jesus comes in. His compassion is there. He raised himself up, saw no one but the woman, and he makes this statement. Where are those accusers of yours? He, he begins to just ease her pain by immediately pointing out that in his presence, your accuser can't stand. Here's one of the reasons that the enemy doesn't want you walking really in tight connection with Jesus, because he can't get to you when you're there. 
So if you hang on to this baggage, he can keep you kind of separated from the herd. But if you ever drop it, you're going to be in a place where he can't touch you anymore. And just being in his presence, health and healing, restoration is going to begin to flow back into your life. See, remember the word worship. To rivet your eyes or attention on someone or something. To sit at one's feet, even as a dog sits at his master's feet, licking his master's hand. You realize that take the analogy of the dog. You can't sit at your master's feet licking the master's hand. You do not have a dog that can do this from outside. That, that would be like cartoonish. Right? But in reality, the dog's got to be pretty close. And when the dog's sitting at your feet, you, you begin to pay attention to it. You begin to pet it. You begin to touch it. Look at Psalms 23. Uh, we're going to go to verse 5. We all know this psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not... See, we know this. Look, look at this verse. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Look at that statement in the middle. You anoint my head with oil. You anoint my head with oil. Well, what's that? Well, a shepherd would take oil and rub it on the head of his sheep because there were flies and gnats that would come in and they would build their nests in, the, in that wool right on the forehead and they'd, they'd, they'd get inside and inside the flesh and they'd, they'd bite and eat and, and it would open it up and cause uh, you know serious problems. But that oil would prevent those uh, bugs from bugging the sheep. In His presence... Your head is anointed with oil. The thing that used to bug you no longer bothers you because it can't get to you. He anoints my head with oil. You know, when you begin to find yourself a little bit more agitated than normal, maybe it should be a sign for you to get back into the presence of God. Maybe, maybe that's an indicator that you've picked up that baggage again and you're beginning to carry it. And it's time to drop it so you can get back in and get your head anointed with oil. You know, just so that the thing that used to get into your mind can no longer approach your mind. So those thoughts that are there to condemn you and, and to point out your, your failure and your shortcoming can no longer reach you. Because you've been in the presence of God. Jesus soothes our wounds. Things that bug us. He cares. He cares. I said He cares. He cares about you. He cares for you. He, 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 wants you, he wants you to be whole. He wants you to know healing. You know, there's two phases of healing. This is extra. There's two phases of healing. There's the be still. Right? Remember the, 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 the Scripture that says, Be still and know that I am God. A lot of us think that means to just stand there. The, the phrase be still means drop it. Let it go. Take your hands off. Take your hands off and let me be God. Be still. Quit, quit this activity. Stop. Let me be God. Be still. That's, that's phase one of healing. And then there's the phase two. Get moving. Get moving. You know, it doesn't take an eternity to find freedom. And I think a lot of us, that's where we miss it. We come forward in the altar call and we pray and we ask God to strengthen us to forgive. And then we hang out there. Till know what he's looking so we can pick up our bag and take it back with us. It doesn't really take that long to get deliverance. It doesn't take that long to, to find your liberty. It's time to get moving. Come on. Once your head's anointed with oil, get moving. Let's go. Let's go on to the next level. Let's get to the place where God's called us to be. Let's step out into our victory. Let's keep moving. The third thing that Jesus wants to do is satisfy 
our needs. He satisfies our needs. Verse 10, he said, where are those accusers of yours? And verse 11, she says, there aren't any. He said, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. What did she need? Well, she needed somebody to love her. And he did it. She needed somebody to forgive her. And he did it. This story isn't here as filler. It's for you and for me. We have somebody who loves us, somebody who's forgiven us, somebody, somebody who's willing and ready to meet every need we have. The scars, the hang-ups, the relationships, the wounds, our historical screw-ups. He's there to meet every need. You know, it's crazy. The enemy comes and he tries to get you to focus on all the wrong things. You know, I said we remember all kinds of stupid stuff. You know, what's crazy is that we remember what we should forget and we forget what we ought to remember. We remember the things that He's taken care of and we forget the fact that God's on my side. That He's, he's pulling me by, by, by His power into a future that He's designed for me. I need to remember that God's plan for my life is good. The enemy's trying to get me to forget that. Trying to get me to, to, to remember what I want. Well, wait a minute. What God wants for me is better than what I want myself. I can't forget that. I've got to remember that God's plan and His will for my life is perfect. It's the only thing that ought to be acceptable in my life. You know, sometimes uh, the enemy will, you know, in the life of a parent, you know, isn't it amazing how often the, that the enemy will cause you to remember the mistakes you made raising your kids? You know, I, I look back and our boys are just at the age now where they're, uh, you know, they're, they're becoming men and they're, they're starting to take steps into their, in, into their own destiny and their own purpose. And, uh, you know, every week it's like the enemy's there just trying to, to, to remind me to point out, look at the mistakes you made. Look, 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 if you'd done this better, they'd be stronger. If you'd done this differently, they'd be smarter. If you'd done this differently, they wouldn't cost you near as much money. Ow! Hit me where it hurts. Tries to keep my mind full of all kinds of stuff so that I'll forget what God said. All your children shall be taught of the Lord. Great shall be the peace of your children. See, if my mind's caught up in the mistakes I've made, all of a sudden the destiny isn't about them, it's about my past. I've got to drop the baggage. I've got to learn how to walk away. I gotta learn how to separate myself from that because that's weighing me down. It's keeping me from my future. It's causing me to not experience the Zoe life, the, the real abundant life. I've got grace. I have a power, but I'm not tapping into that power. I'm allowing the past to rob my focus. Well, today I'm here to tell you, I got great news for you. Jesus is here and he wants to meet your need. He wants to settle the score. He wants to soothe the pain. He, he wants to liberate you and set you free. He'd love to do uh, nothing more than to anoint your head with oil so the things that bug you no longer irritate you. So that you're free to walk into the future that He's designed for you. He didn't create it so you could read about it. He didn't put it there so you could look over there and say, there's the promised land. No, He, he put it there so it would draw you into the life and the lifestyle that He's called you to live. You don't have to deal with the pain of your past anymore. You can celebrate the promise of your future. God has a plan. Whether you're a believer or a non-believer, that blows my mind that God's got a plan. And He's doing everything He can to draw you there, to get you there. And we know that the thief cometh not but for to kill, steal, and to destroy. So who are we going to cooperate with? 
Which, which, which way are we going to go? Are we going to keep going back to the past and getting beat up from the street up? Or are we going to let go of that and move into the incredible future that God has for us? It's a choice. Deuteronomy, I've set in front of you, life and death, blessing and cursing. If you're experiencing death in any area of your life, it's because you've chosen to. I know that don't sound real good. I'd really love to blame it on, well, you. But it's not your fault. If there's curse instead of blessing, it's a choice that I've made. Well, I need God to allow his presence to bring me to a place where I can make a conscious decision. Father, I choose you. You know, this morning we sang a song, and it's absolutely true. The more I seek him, the more I find him. And the more I find him, the more I love him. you know what's really weird? It's the more I get into his presence, the more his love towards me manifests. There's some connection. I know God doesn't love me more than he did last week, but I sure feel more of it today. Sure connected with more of it. There's, there's, there's something in my life that has stopped it at different times. And when I break through that, I got to tell you, man, I love God loving me. It's awesome. Today, can I ask you a question? Do you know about God's love? Or do you know the love of God? Because there's a difference. See, a lot of us know about God, but we really don't know God. We don't know the love of God. We've heard about it. We don't know the promise of God. We've heard about the promises of God. Well, God wants to make himself real. In your life. He wants to empower you to be free from the baggage of your past. You ready? Will you close your book and bow your head and let me pray for you?